Well, I got the call one night that I was needed. Uh, I was before the game. I got the call like you need to get to the rink as fast as possible. The Washington Capitals, who at the time were the defending Stanley Cup champions, need you. Life is not linear. It's a magnificent dance that invites us to be more than we can imagine. But that doesn't mean growing is easy. I'm George Kalantis, and welcome to Tough Transitions. In this podcast, I'll share stories from my own life and the stories of others so you can fully accept yourself and rewrite the way you see the world to stop holding yourself back from your best self and your extreme power. This is your path. Your life is unfolding exactly the way it was intended. Learn how to connect your heart, listen to your voice, and free yourself from limitations and expectations so you can claim your true, unlimited potential. What would it be like if you had everything you've ever wanted and dreamed of. I mean, all the things that you've thought about since you were a child came true. But then all of a sudden, when you had them in front of you, you realized life wasn't what you thought it to be. That's exactly what we get into in today's conversation with Gavin McHale, a former professional athlete, a coach, and husband who's on a mission to inspire others to live authentically, to tap in their true potential by teaching them not to chase things on the surface to create a life worth of values in living for. I met Gavin through a mutual business coach and mentor, and we connected and we have similar backgrounds. And what I love about the conversation is that he opens your heart by teaching you to go deeper than the surface, to create a life worth values that allow you to show up to the world authentically. And what you'll see within today's conversation is that sometimes chasing things on the surface for this belief to fit in, or this idea that you have to create an identity to make it in today's world, will actually leave you leaving more depressed, lonely, and lost in life. Get ready to take some notes and listen to a story that's about to open your heart so you can tap into your true potential. Hey, and before we get into the conversation, wherever you're listening to this, leave me a review. Let me know you would think of the podcast. Tag us on Instagram. We'll reach out to you. We love interacting. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast with Gavin McHale. Gavin, welcome, man. Thanks, man. You got uh, you just kind of went right into that intro, and it's like it's like you've been doing this for a long time. That's it's uh, badass, <laughs> man. I'm stoked because you know, on on the surface, you're a podcast host, you're a business coach, but you have an incredible story, and that's what I love about the Art of Tough Transitions. What I love about you is because when it comes to transitions, you have many different ones that are leading to who you are today. So I know there's so many. So can you tell us one that is probably the most memorable that have made you who you are today? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I like to do, and, and this is such a good opportunity is I really, I really enjoy surprising people. Uh, you know, I think people will see on the surface, like you said, business coach. Oh, here we go. Here's another fucking business coach. Right. <laughs> and I like surprising people and I like bringing, um, some, some vulnerability and realness. And, um, <clears throat> that's what I loved about our conversation on my podcast. But what I would say the toughest transition, like you said, I've had many and I, you know, I could go kind of the easy route. It was tough to transition from the identity of an athlete to the, to, to, to losing that, but that wasn't my toughest transition. 
one of the things that I noticed and have learned about a lot of athletes, and I hope this is changing, but especially, you know, George, we're probably similar age. So kind of like coming up around like late nineties, early two thousands was, um, athletes lost this ability to, to really feel emotions, um, or, or were like, it was like beaten out of us, you know, it was like, don't feel emotions. I, I always remember my dad saying, and, and this is not my dad's fault. This was me kind of taking that in the wrong way. But he said, you know, never let them see how you feel. You know, I was a goalie in hockey. So it was like, never let them see, you know, that, that you're struggling or that you're having a tough time, you know, and, and I took that to mean never let anybody see any of my emotions. And then further, never let myself see my emotions. Like I blocked them out from myself. Um, so I went through, you know, 16 to probably 25, 26, 27, um, not knowing really what I was feeling. I, I, I could feel uh, happiness and I could feel anger. Hmm. You know, that, that, those are the two things that it went to. I was either, I was either full of joy or I was really mad and it would usually hit like that. Right. And almost like you know, my girlfriend, now my wife, she was like, I don't like that side of you. And, but I didn't have another, there was no dial. It was a switch. It was on or off. Right. So I think the tough transition was, and we came to this, there were, there were many inroads to get to this place, but the real catalyst for it was twofold was I wanted to, I wanted to improve my business. Of course, I wanted to make more money help more people. I was a personal trainer. Um, that's, that's what I kind of said I wanted, but really what I wanted was I knew that if I wasn't going to step up and improve myself, I wasn't going to be able to keep up with the love of my life with, with, with like, I wasn't going to kind of, I guess like earn the spot of, of being her boyfriend, being her fiance, being her husband. So I wanted to become a better man for my relationship. And that was tough. Like the transition of that was tough. So, you know, I went from, I knew a lot of business strategies and tactics and things like that. Um, and I had a great coach who like started challenging me on some of my limiting beliefs and what he called the emergency break on my business, which as you and I both know, when you start diving into your business, that, that affects every part of your life. Right. So in working on my business, I, you know, started to work on myself and all these things. And when I first heard about, you know, subconscious beliefs and changing your subconscious and diving into these, like these patterns and habits, I was like, Nope, I'm not doing that. I don't need that. I'm not doing that. I like ran away from it. I actually like basically quit the program that I was a part of. I had spent $6,000 on it. And I just was like, screw this. I'm out. Um, and it just over time started coming back to it and realizing that, you know, one of Roman's favorite quotes is the Joseph Campbell, uh, you know, something about the cave you fear to enter. I can't remember the start of it, but like, you know, the thing that you want is in the cave you fear to enter. And uh, it was like, okay, well, I guess we got to go into the cave. And so really kind of like getting in touch with like, who am I? What are my core values? What do I care about? What 
emotion am I feeling in this moment? And that's still like, I still often pull up the Abraham Hicks emotional scale to be like, okay, what am I actually feeling right now? It's just, it's a, it's a lifelong challenge. So I think just like becoming more of myself and, and again, finding that identity outside of I'm a hockey player and I'd be good at hockey, you know? So you have this amazing life that you've pretty much built your whole entire life, probably since you were like five years old, right? I'm assuming Canadians play yep. hockey out of the womb, right? And so, yep. so, <laughs> um, so you have this insane identity and you're realizing, like, okay, maybe your career is coming to an end, things are changing and you met this amazing wife. And so you have to make one of the biggest changes to man, which is really hard. Like, do I continue to try to chase a dream that is possibly not going to be there? Or do I shift and go into or start the hero's journey over again? Because you've basically done all of that. You did the big things, which I'll let you talk about a little bit more. So I don't really uh, reveal it here. And you've, it's time to bring it back home to teach it but also enter a new place of life, a new growth into like relationships, right? Because relationships are, are one of our most potent containers for growth because they have so many triggers and so many things that we can face. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. So the, the relationships conversations, you had mentioned that, like how important that is. I think those are the greatest currency that we can, that we can trade that we can, you know, is, is, is having great conversations and, and doubling down and going deeper into relationships, uh, whether it be like me and you, or, you know, romantic relationships or whatever. Uh, I think relationships are so important, especially as we've seen over the last couple of years, not being able to, um, you know, foster them in person. Um, I, I don't particularly remember where I was going with this, but that's important, an important part. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the hockey thing is an interesting one. I'll, I'll kind of go off on that a little bit. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, what happens in Canada. And what I found was, um, I was, I was, you know, in middle school, you guys call it junior high, uh, you know, grade six, seven. And, uh, I was, I mean, my tendencies are, I'm an only child. Um, I love to draw. I love to be creative. I did as a kid. I loved, I was totally fine being on my own. And like my like hockey that I really loved was like, I'd go and, and rollerblade around and like make up hockey teams and, and make these stories in my head. And like, I have like this crazy imagination. Um, so I, I enjoyed things that, <laughs> that as a sixth and seventh grader don't necessarily uh, make you too cool. Now, the one thing I wanted more than anything else and what I've realized in doing more work, I still fight this is I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be accepted as a guy, as a heterosexual male, <laughs> I wanted the girls to like me. So what was it that got that? It was hockey, right? I was good at it. I got a lot of good feedback for it. You know, back in those days, getting good grades, not cool. Back in those days, drawing, not cool you know? So playing hockey was cool. Wearing the jacket was cool and I was good at it. So I went all in on it. And then I doubled down on, as you talked about, I doubled down on the stereotypical hockey identity, which can also be known as douchebag identity. And that, while it gave me really good feedback as a young, as a young person and a young man, that wasn't who I was. I was, I, I am not like I actually realized recently, like 
I don't love the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. I loved how the game made me feel when I played. I loved the benefits that it brought me, you know, whether that be relationships or whether that be, uh, you know, fitting in or you know, feeling a certain way. I didn't actually love the game. The game was like a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest, going on the ice and practicing and playing. I was like, Oh God, I got to do that again. Um, so that's when I like, like this, this shift has been just ongoing for a while, but, um, kind of, yeah, you're right. Like totally scrapped one hero's journey, uh, then went into the personal training. And once again, like you said, I, I realized that that wasn't it either. You know, that was like, that wasn't my identity either. I've never been one to like love working out. I'll work out. It's totally fine. I know that it's important for me, but I never like was a gym rat. So I'm like, what am I, this doesn't align. Right. But I think what it was and what I've learned is it was, it was, you know, helping people and supporting people and helping people reach their, like their higher potential and their greater, you know, kind of that, that higher reason for being here you know, and a lot of people find that through exercise. So I helped them do that. And then that's when I shifted into the, uh, the daunted business coach when really, I don't feel like I'm a business coach, but that is, you know, technically what I am. So I'm going off on tangents. I'll let I you kind of guide me back. Yeah, we're going to repack some of it. So it's, it's two different paths, but similar, uh, drivers in, in, in life. Right. So I grew up not as the only child, a bigger family, uh, but I came from a you know a background where my dad always told me to grow up and be a man. What the hell does that even mean at six and yeah. even today? So I had to prove myself worthy of being a man, which meant trying to fit in, trying to be the cool kid, doing all these things. So rather than get engaged in sports because I wasn't good at it, if you're not good at sports, you're just not good. At it. it is what it is, right? Um, yeah, the engine wasn't there. It's like you had like this, the Honda Civic engine when you needed the Ferrari, right? I mean, I drive a Honda Civic now. It's great. <laughs> but anyways, hey, uh, they're reliable. I, they're yeah, reliable. I was never good and I was reliable. I was hardworking, but you know, sometimes you need talent, right? Like this right. yeah. hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Sure. But you still need some talent. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't, you can't work. You can't outwork zero talent. Yeah. Like I I was not athletic as a kid. I was goofy. I was clumsy. I didn't have my stuff together anyways, but I, I had a hard head. And, and so it got me pretty far, but not far enough in sports. So I joined the Marine Corps because I was like, eh, you know, be the best of the best. And then yeah. after I became a personal trainer, because there was still something I thought was missing, fix people's lives, fix myself, you know, I was hiding. And then when everything came crumbled down, I found out who I am. There's a point in your life, and I'll let you tell the story, where you hit a pretty pivotal point where a lot of men would like almost die to be in that position. Can you talk about that a little bit and what that made you feel like? What's, what's that? What are you alluding to? When you played hockey and you got to that like alluded position yeah. and, you, and you basically were like there in it, like what did that all feel like when you, when you actually achieved that? Yeah. So I had, I had an interesting story. I'll, I'll, I'm not sure if this is what you're, you're alluding to, but I'll share an interesting story. So this Jersey beside me, anyone, if you see on video, um, the, the NHL, which is the ultimate kind of like hockey, um, the, the ultimate place to go in hockey, uh, they have a program, uh, where, um, and it sounds like, you know, <laughs> wishes for kids or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, they had this issue where goalies were getting injured. So each team carries two goalies. And if one goalie got injured and then something happened to the other one, what were they going to do? And this happened like once a year where like they had to like 
put a player in goal or like put their coach, one of their coaches in goal. Like it was basically a joke. So they put this thing in the, in, in the rules where they had to have an emergency backup goalie on hand. And this guy had to be um, like, couldn't be affiliated with the team, just like was at the rink and could play for either team. So I got the opportunity to do that in Winnipeg. So we have a team called the Winnipeg Jets and I got the opportunity. I was one of about six players that they chose at the time. I've since been, uh, been cut. That's, uh, you know, what happens when you get older, I guess. Um, but I got the opportunity and basically you got like, you got to go and you got to, you know, have the, the media meal and sit in the press box and you had to have your equipment there just in case. Right. And it was like this kind of like, you were always on the edge of like a Holy shit moment. Right. Like this random dude who's a personal trainer going in and playing in the NHL, right? Now, maybe seven years removed from competitive hockey, suiting up in the the biggest league in the world. And um, it was quite an incredible moment. Like it was one of those full circle moments where, you know, and this really talked, this really spoke to me in terms of um, forget about the how, like I, I'm always so worried about controlling how things happen. And, and my whole life, I wanted to play in the NHL. I wanted to, you know, I'm a kid from Canada. Right. And, but I also didn't want the pressure of playing the NHL. Right. I told you, I did, didn't love actually being on the ice. I just kind of wanted the fanfare around it. Right. Well, I got all of that because I was the regular Joe who suited up in the NHL. I went on the ice for warm up. I will not lie to you. Alex Ovechkin absolutely made me look stupid, but that's okay. He's going to be the best scorer of all time. Um, and I got to like be a part of the team. And I didn't have to play. I like sat and watched. I got a front row seat. It was amazing. Got all the media coverage after because that's all they cared about. It was a crazy story, but I didn't actually have to play. So it, it was a great reminder for me, like to forget about the how. Um, and just like if you want something bad enough and you continue to to take action toward it, because at the time, you know, I was I was staying in shape. I was playing every week. Um I was focused. Like when I had a game, I would like do a full kind of like pregame routine and make sure that I was ready to go. Cause I didn't want to get called in and be like, what's going on. I've been, you know, I got drunk last night. Like, you know, I didn't want to do that. So it was a, it was a pretty, it, it was, it was an, ex one of the things I'll say to people it was an experience no one can take away from me. And I was so grateful for it. I am so grateful for it. But if you look at the lessons that could come out of it, it's like, forget about the how because the universe works in very funny ways and it's always going to it's always going to give you what you need when you need it you might not know why at the time and, and it was pretty cool that like yeah my hockey career ended my competitive career ended but I still got that opportunity to do that and I'll never forget it that's an incredible story man it's yeah. uh one of those things you said, you know, I always, I always say the universe doesn't give a fuck. It does, but it doesn't because it's always listening. It's just not going to give you what you think you need at the time, like you said. So a very powerful lesson, like no matter what. So if, if you, you know, set your, your heart, your intuition to it, and it's still working towards it, maybe you don't get it now. Maybe you don't get away that you thought it was going to unfold, but it will unfold in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I will always be able to say that I dressed for a game in the NHL. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and like the way that I wanted to do it, I don't know if I was actually good enough, 
you know, I had the skill to play pro, but I don't know if I was actually good enough to play in the NHL. Um, and this way, the roundabout way to do it, you know, or, or, or for me, I guess to, to put it better is the, this was the way that I, the only way that I had to, that I could do it. And I, you know, I, 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 I did it. So um, yeah, it's like if anybody wants to learn more, like there's a bunch of news stories. If you just type like Gavin McHale hockey and it's like such a, it's just such an inch. I was like for, for 24 hours, I was the every man, every man who like sits and watches hockey and thinks I could play. That was like, I got to be that person, you know, for a day. So it was pretty cool. And then when you did it and it all was over, what was that like? Well, my wife, she is my girlfriend at the time. She was like, Gav, I just want you to know, like, this isn't going to last. Right. So the day after, um, I had like 14 interviews or something like it was wild. And that, that like after the game, the media scrum in the locker room was all around me. Hmm. Like you got the best player in the world in Alex Ovechkin down, like across the room. And you have Olympians and Stanley Cup champions, and they want to talk to me. And my wife was like, Gav, this is going to end. Like, this is not going to be forever. And honestly, George, in a week, everyone had forgotten who I was, right? Um, you know, that day, you know, I was out and about and like people were like, I think we're recognizing people that were watching the game kind of recognized me. But um, when it all ended, what I was left with, and this has happened every single time that I you know, reached a milestone. So, um, I don't know if anyone has experienced this with like their business where you set a goal and you hit it. So for me, I wanted to make six figures. And I still remember the first time I had like that, that month where it was like eight, $8,333 or more. And I was, it was amazing for like three minutes, I like celebrated with my girlfriend and then it was over. And I was like, Oh, I thought this was going to be better. Or, you know, all these things that, you know, you think are what you want, or even if they are what you want, you know, it's fleeting. It's, it's gone. It's gone in, in an instant and what you're left with, you know, and kind of coming back full circle to what we talked about at the start is like, who am I? Like the, the, the tough questions, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I, what mark do I want to leave on this world? Because that's what is way harder and takes way longer to, um, to get to and achieve. And I don't know if we ever really do until we die, but that's so much more powerful and so much more long, I guess, long lasting for lack of a better way of putting it. Oh yeah, that's powerful. I think the, the question, who am I is something, you know, I've played around with a lot. I went in the desert, you know, in October for four days it's something that if you're not asking yourself, then you're, you're going to continually feel lost or you're going to continue to chase and exist on the surface. And I think without it, you know, you're just drifting along lost in that. that yeah. You're mindless. You're, you're doing things unconsciously, mm -hmm. right? I, I, you know, there's, there's that kind of funny thing nowadays about being woke right. Or, or being conscious or whatever. But really what I feel that is, is like, when you start living with intention, when you start living out your core values, whatever you choose those to be. I mean, you can see behind me, that's, I wrote my core values. Cause I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about that and how are they changing? And, um, cause they can change. Um, but like that, I feel like that is really what 
what matters and what we should kind of be chasing is, is, um, you know, the best version of ourselves, our highest, our highest potential. And the only way to get there is to be, to live consciously. Yeah, sure. And this is, I think this is whole idea, especially the way the world is going and how fast everything is and the intention spans is that, that like our journeys, it's like, oh yeah, we'll just go, you know, we're always chasing more, 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 more. But in your story and many others, you can see that like, if you get the thing and you're always focusing on the next thing, then you're missing out on really uncovering who you are underneath the things, right? Yeah. Like the thing should be, who am I and who am I at my best and how can I leave the best, most positive world behind me? Right. Like that should be the thing, you know? And it's funny. I, I recently did some work around this where, I, cause I found that that's what I was chasing, right. In my business, right. <clears throat> more clients, um, you know, more money, all that stuff. If it's like personal life and relationships, more sex or whatever, like you find yourself chasing more and more and more. And it's when I ask myself, like, okay, like I ask myself, how much money do I want to make per month? And, you know, for example, like a lot of people will say, I want, I want to make 10, 10 K a month. Right. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? What for? Do, do you want to make 10 K a month? Because like, is there specific things you want to do with that 10 K? <laughs> You know, do you want to go on travel, traveling? Do you want to like put money away for your, for your retirement, for your kids? Um, you know, if so, that's great. And if like, if 10 K is what you need to hit to like put, to hit those markers of like what uh, a good, a good friend of mine asked me, what will that support? What will that serve? Like that money that you want. Right. So if you, like, if you're chasing something, whether it's 10 K a month, a hundred K a month, a million a month a million a year, a billion. Why? Like, what's the point of chasing more and more and more? And, and like you said, you know, different or whatever, because you're only going to be left with like, oh, well that like, I didn't really have a reason for that. So now if you get it, it's like, oh, like, I guess that's cool. You know, but if it's like, I want, so for example, if that 10 K example, it's like, I want to be able to put money in savings. I want to be able to um, you know, buy rental properties and create a really secure, stable future for myself and my family. Because my dad always told me that I need to get a pension and I shouldn't, you know, I should hate my job so that I can get a good pension, but, and I want to enjoy my life, enjoy my job and be able to, you know, be secure and stable. Sounds like George might have that as well as me. Right. <clears throat> um, then that's a good reason to chase that. Because that's going to be, that's going to actually matter to you when you get it. You're going to be like, look, I, I'm stable. I'm secure. I've created this thing. This is exactly what I wanted instead of just like, I wanted 10K a month because I was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't attach that concrete value to what they're actually after. You know, it's, I look at this and I think X, Y, Z, right. It's the whole social media paradigm and that's that's why yeah. it's kind of slowly dying people aren't on it as much or algorithms have changed whatever it is like people are craving that intimacy and it's harder and harder to find but when you find it then you can start to create the concrete values your own values your own integrity all that stuff and align to what you're truly made to do right yeah and i've recently been asking myself the question more and more often well kind of two full questions so first of all 
if I go and look at, if I go in and bring my 75 to 80 year old self, who's sitting in a rocking chair, chilling, if I bring him into the conversation, you know, what would he say? Mm-hmm. And then the second piece of that is <clears throat> when I'm on my deathbed, will I care about this thing? Yeah. I can guarantee you, anybody listening, you will not care about how many followers you have on Instagram when you're on your deathbed. Yeah. You don't care about anything except what's going on. <laughs> well, and, and what, what I feel like I'll care about is the people I love and how I made people feel in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we're going down like a deep rabbit hole here of like, what is life? Right. But that's really what you're left with when you're on your deathbed or, you know, like I said, maybe a little bit less morbid, like when you're kind of like chilling in your rocking chair and you're, you know, in your seventies and eighties and you've lived a good life and you're sage and wise and all knowing what matters is that like you enjoy, you enjoy your time here. Cause really it is fleeting. Right. And I think as we get older, I don't know about you, George, but like you realize how fleeting it is that just, it, it goes quick. And then that you leave the people in your life that you care about better off than, you know, you found them. Wait till you have a child. It goes like that. So I've sacrificed a lot in the last few years, right? I dropped the, you know, the high paying personal training job, like to, to write a book and to chill out and hear and do and build a own business. But I have so many memories with my six-year-old daughter and it's been incredible today. We're going skiing again. You know, these are things that I'll never get back. And despite like folks, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. It's Tuesday in March and they're going skiing. <laughs> despite, despite like all the other chaos, like I've chosen to enjoy what I have while I have it because she's not going to be six longer and she's not going to call me daddy longer. Like all these things. Won't yeah. I've learned that that is more important to me than anything I can ever chase or go after in life right now. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, what I've learned is like our businesses or, you know, whether it's like writing a book or whatever, any, anything that we choose to do to share, especially in the service world, like to share our gift with the world is really a vehicle to creating the life we want. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the best part about writing a book is, you know, maximum impact with maximum freedom, right? Once you've written the book, it's out there. Like there isn't really much more work to be done on that book and it can continue impacting people, um, further and further on. Um, you know, so, so that's really, I think it's like, we often think that the, the, the business or the thing that we're chasing is the thing when really that's just the vehicle to the thing we actually want, which is like living life the way we want to live it. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Really yeah. freedom. You'll need a purpose. You still need like some thing to have in your life that means more to you than a few other things. But when it comes down to it, it's experiences and memories in life that will forever carry you versus like chasing six figures or the next big deal. Right. Yeah. Because, and, and really like that's, and that's where that question comes in. Right. Is like, okay, like it's okay. Like it's totally okay to chase six figures or chase seven figures or whatever, but like, why? Mm -hmm. And like, if, if that, if that allows you to buy back your time, and then spend more time with the people you love and create better, cooler experiences and memories. Go for it. That's amazing. But know why. 
and don't get caught up in like, oh, I got to take this call and, or I got to go and do this meeting while my kid's playing soccer or, you know, when I could go skiing and it's like, oh, I got this like important meeting that I think is going to take priority over it. You know, like, no, like you, you'll never get back this time where you and you and your daughter are learning to ski together. Like that matters, you know, and your, the work that you've done, you know, the business that you have, the, the work that you've done in the past, the book that has all provided the income, the vehicle for you and the freedom for you to be able to go do that. Cause if you didn't have money, you couldn't go skiing. If you didn't have time freedom because you were working, you know, time for money and all that stuff, you wouldn't be able to go skiing. Yeah. Right. So you've kind of created a vehicle that allows you to live that life with her. And asking the question, you know, like you said, what is my deepest driving desire? Like, who am I? What is my deepest driving desire? Those are the questions that I continue to ask. And it changes, you know, just like life, right? It's, it's one hero's journey up to the next. It's a cycle after cycle. You know, mm-hmm. you complete one thing, then you return to the next, you know, writing this book, I was in a whole nother journey. Now I'm in a whole nother journey. Like, how can I use this book to expand, to meet people, to go out to, you know, really tell my story and, you know, meet people like yourself and so many others, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that I really like that you put it that way, because I, I truly feel like at this moment that we're talking, I'm kind of like in the midst of another hero's journey where I realized that like I said, like I was just chasing more and now it's like, okay, well, what do I really want? You know, how do I want to build this business? Right. I've, I was doing all the tactics that everybody said you got to do, right. I'm messaging people and I'm doing this on social media and all this stuff. And like, I recently took two weeks off social media and realized like, oh, I didn't, my business didn't crumble. I didn't die. It's all good. Came back, wrote like a really thoughtful message about kind of how I felt. Um, and it felt good for me. Yeah. I got some good feedback on it too, but it felt good for me to just write that message and like, not give a shit, really not give a shit. Like, cause I used to say, oh, I don't care about the, you know, the vanity metrics. And then I'd go check the vanity metrics right away. What, what, what insights did that? How was that? I go, oh no, it's just feedback. No, like I cared. Right. And then I got sucked into that. And then, you know, asked, am I going to care about like how this post did or how my social media did? No, like let's find a way that better aligns with me to do what I want to do and what I feel I'm best at doing that, that again, can provide a vehicle for the life that I want. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. And I think, you know, everything's changing. So the more intimacy you can create with what you have, the more relevant you can be to your own current people in your own little world, then the better it is for everyone. Right. Yeah. Have you, like, I noticed you mentioned something about that with social media and I've, started to see some of the quote unquote influencers or some of the people that I kind of like am inspired by when it comes to like social media and content, they're showing up less and less. Have yeah. you noticed that? Like, or is that something that you've like, like read anything on? Like, cause I kind of feel like that's happening. I think it's just, they're also posting less, you know, they're, they're, some of them are just enjoying their life. Now they realize that that's not the place and they they've probably gotten to their own little world and got their own little communities. And I, and I think, a few years, you know, five years ago, probably when it was in the middle of the, the good stuff, that's where you could create and build your community, right? Now, yeah. less and less. So who knows? People are on Telegram, people are on TikTok. I don't know. I'm not, a, I, I tried TikTok. It didn't work for me. I don't have time. I, I can't understand it. So yeah. Yeah. So this is what I find interesting about that kind of stuff. Yet you do have time to take 45 minutes to an hour to talk to me because that's like what you value. More important. Yeah. Right. It's more important. 
and um you know I'm, it's it it's not lost on me that you could be going and picking up your daughter earlier and, and hanging out with her so like you clearly value this exchange and that's yeah like it's funny how they everyone's kind of telling us that attention spans are getting shorter yet i feel like people are getting more a little deeper on things like if, if it's high quality i think you can hold someone's attention yeah like I, I shit know, quality i follow gary v still and you know he's all about all these things and, and he's right you know but like there's a priority you have right am i going to spend he says post four to six times now on TikTok a day. Am I going to spend, you know, all this time trying to edit it and copy and figure out what content goes on that algorithm? Or am I going to have a podcast or two, read a book, study, build my business, grow and do those things, you know? So. And the other thing too, about that is like, depends on who you are and who you're looking to reach. Like Gary V, what I've found for the most part reaches Everyone. 18 to 26 year olds right. Who are like super full of piss and vinegar, which you and I both were, I would have, if, if, if I was that age now, I would have been all in on all that stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. And now it's like, it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like for the way that he's doing it, but I'm, and he always says like, you gotta, you know, you gotta put in the effort. It's like, I'm willing to put in the effort. I'm just going to put it somewhere else. Yep. I'm just not going to put it on something that's like, I make a post that's like really thoughtful and like really, I really worked hard on. And then it's literally gone in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, why wouldn't I put that effort into writing a blog, writing an email, having a podcast conversation where someone can go back and listen to that. And someone can come back and listen to this episode in a year and probably still get tons of tons of value from it. That matters to me more. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what is it? What is the, let's talk, let's switch chances. And I think we got a lot of stuff, cool stuff covered. What is um one of the coolest things that that's going on in your life right now that you're, that you're like most happy about? Yeah. I'm immediately drawn to, um, so my wife, so I was like, I've been doing this kind of stuff now. Like, you know, I've obviously been doing the business work like where I've been trying to grow my business for like six years now, but I've really been diving into like the personal development side and the subconscious work and all that for, I guess, four years now. And my wife, she didn't say this to me, but I think she was kind of feeling a little bit left behind because I had like, I had like this very specific, like reason for doing my, the, the work that I'm doing, right? Like I wanted to grow my business. Of course, I wanted to be a better man and a better husband and, and whatnot, but I wanted to grow the business. Like that was kind of like the, always the lens through which I did the work. And she kind of never had that lens. Mm -hmm. And she kind of felt like she's, she was worried. She told me recently, she was worried that she was going to be left behind. And recently, so uh, without getting into too much detail, she's had some health issues, some health problems. Um, and our healthcare system in Canada is not very good uh, for if you have like, if you break your leg or get in a car accident, it's amazing to get free care and to just, you know, and, but if you have something that's not like very obvious, it's terrible. Like they will give you the runaround and they will not give you straight answers and they will push pills and all that stuff. And she was just like, I'm not, I'm not having that. And so she signed up with a coach 
And of course, what's the biggest thing that the coach brings is like your mindset and working on you and, and, you know, all that awesome stuff. And so she has now, we have now been working on this stuff together uh, for the, probably the past six months or so. And it's been amazing to have those conversations with her and to be able to connect on that, on that line, like where like, I can like, I can like go and like, just pour out all these things that I'm thinking and she can actually like give me a good response instead of being like, man, like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like she can, she can kind of, we can bounce back and forth. And we recently went on a road trip out to the mountains, as I was telling you, and we listened to like Brene Brown on a podcast and we kept pausing it and we were like chatting back and forth for like three hours. Now we've added in that once a week, we're going to do what we call high vibe time where we listen to like a podcast or something like that. And we just like, vibe out and like we're having a conversation right now and um that's been just i'm so excited about that about like growing with her like someone asked me recently he was in a relatively new relationship and he's like yeah like we both had a lot of relationships before this one and i said like kelly and i kelly was 21 when i met her i was 25 neither of us had really had many deep relationships you know we had had a couple of like relationships But what I said was, we've both probably been through four or five relationships with each other (laughs) because we've grown and changed so much over the 10 years we've been together. And that's something that's been so huge. So I think, you know, I don't know if you were looking for more of a business thing, but to be able to like, probably not now to be able to like go through this and like enjoy this and like learn and grow with her has just been incredible and like such a deeper connection between us as well so no, I love that. that was that was beautiful um i i can understand that you said you know you're you're in new relationship or new relationship one of the first books i've ever read when i was going through this whole transformation was on uh, by esther perel and one of the things she says when people go through infidelity and things like that is that in order to start over if you want to be together you have to start a new relationship you end one marriage to and you begin another unfortunately we weren't in the space to do that but um, that, that definitely hit home, pulled at some heartstrings there. Cool. Um, let's, let's do a little uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, what is your Sweet. greatest year in life? Man, I've recently been doing this right now. My greatest fear is, uh, being left out, being made fun of, um, what will other people think? But mm-hmm. George, I'm working on it. Yeah. Aren't we all, I have that too. What is living authentically mean to you? Living authentically means figuring out, first of all, becoming aware of who you are and what you care about. And the hard part, because figuring out who you are and what you care about is hard, but not as hard as learning how to express that in a, in a way that feels genuine for you. That's been the hard part for me. Again, working on it. No, we're all are. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, if you were to meet someone right now and they came to you for your advice and they felt like they had nowhere to go, what would you tell them? Oh man, felt like they had nowhere to go. I would tell them that, like, I think that a lot of times when people feel like they have nowhere to go or feel lost, um, it's because, and again, I'm not as well-versed in this, but it's because they feel like they're not getting the external validation or the external feedback so to speak, 
you know, and that can be hard. You know, there's a lot of people in this world and it's hard to get the external feedback, but the most important person that you need to love you is you. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel like you have nowhere to go, like find yourself, you know, like go and look in the mirror and figure out, you know, what, what do I need to do to, to fall back in love with myself? I feel like that's probably the best piece of advice that I can give. I love it. People understand that. I've talked about that multiple times. You're good. Excellent. My writing too. Yeah. We get Excellent. it. What is uh, a song on repeat right now for you? Oh man. So I'm going to repeat me. So I will, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Um, my wife and I are huge fans of Nathaniel Rateliff and the night sweats. Okay. Um, we like obs somewhat obscure music and we just booked tickets to see him in our hometown in July, which is like, we're, like we've both been waiting to see him for like five years. He has a new album out and he has a great song called face down in the moment. Uh, that's been on repeat for me and in my head, like it's on repeat in my head, face down in the moment, Nathaniel Rateliff and the night sweats. Go check it out. I love it. I love it. One last one. What's one random thing on your nightstand? random thing on my nightstand oh um it's called gloves in a bottle All it's right. a it's a, a moisturizer um in winter in winnipeg and our house super dry so like my hands especially when i was coaching hockey a lot just get like so so dry so uh if you need a really good hand cream and foot cream gloves in a bottle guys that's a it's an excellent um <laughs> recommendation and i'm not getting paid by them <laughs> I love it, man. Thanks for the time. This is awesome. I love connecting. Uh, such an amazing story. You know, you go from chasing your dream, getting to live it and realizing maybe that's not exactly what I want when I got it to transitioning from multiple different careers and now finding out who you are as a man, husband, coach, human, and all these amazing things. It says a lot about you, man. And I appreciate that. Thank you for the space, man. And then like these two conversations we've had have just really, again, shown me that, you know, friendship and connection can be found anywhere. And uh, it's really exciting that we found it. Speaking of finding, uh, where can someone find you? I can be found. Um, I mean, really still uh, where I spend the majority of my time or where I connect with the majority of people is on Instagram. So at Gavin McHale one, um, that's probably the best place to find me. If you want to learn a little bit more about what I do, um, Canadian website, maverickcoachingacademy.ca check it out all right that's where we'll send you brother thanks for your time man and uh, i look forward to seeing your journey brother thank you enjoy skiing yeah we'll do did you just like what you heard then make sure to check out my book nowhere to go navigating tough transitions it's available everywhere books are sold you can also now get it from me for one dollar digitally at the art of tough where you have an option to upgrade to a five-day master class to really help you break free of the limitations and expectations of the world so you can tap into your true potential. Because what are you waiting for? Life is this magnificent dance that invites you to be more than you could ever imagine, but only if you give yourself permission to be open to the many tunes in front of you right now. Thanks for listening. Share, review it, and I'll see you around soon.